Thank you for tuning in to another great 5-Minute Coffee Break Mystery. I'm Onita Harris, your narrator. This play is by Leonard Gutesman. It is called The Owners. The play opens as an older woman, Cleo, who has lived in the better part of her life, working and playing on a downtown avenue. She's owned a bar there for the last 26 years, where she considers all her regulars her family. Next, we have Gordy, one of the regulars. He's been coming into Cleo's since the beginning. The coach, a rookie, a sports fan, a longtime figure at Cleo's. The coach has been doing business there for decades. He considers the bar his office. And an unknown stranger, we'll call him Carl, a man who wanders off the street. He looks like he's seen better days. It is the winter of 2001. The opening scene, Gordy is sitting at the bar, drinking coffee. Cleo is behind the bar, rolling dice. There is a phone sitting at the bar. The phone rings and they both jump. Cleo answers the phone. Anytime. I'm not going anywhere. She hangs up the phone. Gordy. Who is it? Cleo. The exterminator. Scared the hell out of me. The phone never rings this early, said Gordy. What if today's the day? I'm going to get that call sooner or later. I know it. You've been saying that every day for months, Gordy replied. You just have to try to forget about it. It's a lot different than it used to be. Walking down this street, it feels like those empty buildings are full of ghosts, of people that used to work down here. Ever since the city started closing down businesses, so many of our friends have disappeared. All their livelihoods are gone, just like that. I didn't see it coming, not in a million years. Gordy turns to her. No one did, until they started getting calls from the city. They don't even come down here to tell you to your face. They're afraid, Cleo said. They're afraid to come down here. Gordy looked at her. The city built one new hotel in this town, and all of a sudden, our whole street is an eyesore? Isn't that what the guy from the mayor's office told you? 
Cleo's eyes looked moist. He did have the nerve to say that to me. I told him all these empty buildings are the eyesore. They're full of wharf rats, the size of cats. Gordy replied, Yeah, I've seen them. Early in the morning and late at night, after you close. Cleo replied, I went after one with those Galileo bottles yesterday. It was so fat, it had a hard time waddling back under the building. Gordy answered, All because of one lousy hotel. If they get any more of us, there won't be any place for those people staying in that hotel to have fun. Why would anyone ever want to come and stay here? What a bunch of bullshit, Gordy replied. It's hard to believe that a life as you've always known it could end with a phone call. Well, as a rule, Gordy said, the only phone that rings is for the coach. I keep telling myself that, but hey, did you hear all the sirens earlier? Marvin said someone robbed a bank on the east side. Gordy. He must be unhappy about having to do all that paperwork. Uh-huh. I'm sure he'd rather be here having coffee. He'd love the quiet. It's because the coach isn't here. He'll be here after the game. No, Cleo said. He'll be arguing when he comes through that door. Gordy. He thinks he knows everything. That gets on my nerves. He's the answer man. Then the coach makes his entrance into the bar. He's wearing a Dodgers cap and nylon sweatsuit. Hey, Gordy. It was a close game. Unfortunately for you, the Raiders won. The coach holds out his hand and puts money in it. Coach continues. I owe you this, Cleo. The coach turns to Cleo. Get Gordy a real drink. Cleo pours both Gordy and the coach a drink. Gordy. Thank you, sir. The phone on the bar starts ringing. Cleo hands the phone to the coach without answering it. The coach replies to the phone. Cleo's yeah, yeah, I'll be here for a while. He hangs up the phone. Cleo. I should unplug that thing. It's going to give me a nervous breakdown. Well, the coach is here. The phone never stops ringing. We're tired of it. It's just like we're sick of sports. The phone rings again.
and the coach picks it up. Cleo's! The coach pauses. Outstanding. I'm at my office. I'll buy you a drink. The coach hangs up. I love sports. Gets my mind off all the other shit. Cleo replies. It's certainly better for me. Let's stick to sports. No politics. We'll have a peaceful day. Gordy replies. Well, I was sure Seattle would win. Everybody knows the Raiders aren't half the team the Seahawks are. What? The coach replies in amazement. The Seahawks could never hold a candle to the Raiders. You have to admit it, even though you're from Seattle. Gordy looks at him. I'm behind the Seahawks all the way. You know why I really like to see the Seahawks lose? Said the coach. Did you notice what they did recently? They made George W. Bush an honorary team member. Gave him his own jersey. Gordy looked at him. That's what I love about the Seahawks. They have class. The coach goes over and gets in Gordy's face. Wrong. They should have given him a jersey that said I stole the election and all this country got was the worst president in history. Gordy stares at him. You're full of shit. No more. How could anyone feel comfortable in here with you two yelling at each other? The coach goes and sits back down. Gordy. Hey, I didn't start it. The phone rings again. And the coach answers it. Cleo's. I'll give you till midnight, but that's it. You're out of time. Coach hangs up the phone. Cleo, if you really want to, I'll unplug this thing. Well, well, no, that, that's our business phone. Coach. Agreed. The phone rings again. And the coach answers it. Cleo's? Yeah, yeah, she, she is. It's for you, Cleo. I think it's that Kenny guy from down at Circle. The coach hands the phone to Cleo. This is Cleo. It, that isn't fair. After how long you've been there. Well, what well, well, the hell with that? Don't go. Cleo hangs up the phone. Coach, what did he say? Someone called and told him the city isn't going to renew his lease. After all these years, Gordy replied, they're shutting everybody down. Cleo's would be the last place standing. Coach, 
There used to be one joint after another all up and down this street. At what precise moment did it start turning into a ghost town? I don't know. I don't know what I'd do without this place. Don't worry, Gordy replied. We ain't letting nobody shut you down. The coach looked at both of them. Remember when Cleo was a dice girl down at the circle? Yeah, back when she was a redhead, Gordy replied. Man, she was a beauty. Coach turns to Cleo. She still is. We had so much fun in those days. There are all the walks of life down there. And we all got along. This whole avenue is full of restaurants, bars, bookstores, dancing establishments. All the girls were beautiful. Now the only girls walking around here have sores all over them. You couldn't even let some of them in here, the coach replied. No, no, I wouldn't, Gordy looked at Cleo. When the hookers start looking like that bad, it's pretty accurate barometer of how things are going. Remember those twins, the coach replied, who disappeared in, uh, maybe five years ago. Bros and Janelle, Gordy said. They weren't even a part of the life, just down here for the thrill of it. A lot of them started out that way, Cleo said. They came in every day. Maybe they worked out of here, but you know, I wasn't going to ask them, the coach said. I always like them, Gordy. I remember they ended up in plastic bags in the river. I'm getting sick remembering that. Me too. Dismembered and thrown off the bridge. It's horrible. The coach looked at them both. That's the way it used to happen every now and then, back in the day. Cleo's eyes began to look moist. Well, yeah, people would disappear sometimes. Look at little Kathy. And we had a few fights. Remember that gunfight between Big Andy and the dwarf? We all went under the bar for that one. I didn't let either of them back in there for a whole year. The coach sipped from his glass, then said, The dwarf? You mean Shorty. Didn't he die? I know Andy died. Andy was murdered. No one would ever say who did it. At the moment in time, Shorty went missing. Remember him running off the top of the bar, kicking over glasses and stealing purses? I finally had the 86 at little creep. Best thing you ever did, Cleo, Gordy said. Those were the good old days, the coach replied. It hasn't been the same since places started closing. What does the city have against people just trying to make a living? If you get a call, where are we going to go every day? How will we know each other outside of these walls? Gordy said. Cleo isn't going anywhere, said the coach. Maybe I'll just quit answering the phone. A stranger comes into the bar. His clothes are dirty. 
He looks like he missed a couple of nights sleep. He's out of breath. Can I help you? Cleo gives the stranger a menu. I have a piece of pie and a hot fudge sundae. Anything to drink? A Coke, please. I I'm dying of thirst. That's a lot of sugar. Cleo puts the Coke in front of him. You should try one of my world-famous sandwiches. You're out of breath, man, the coach said. Who are you running from? Uh, I'm not running. I, I just have a little asthma. As a matter of fact, someone robbed a bank earlier, Gordy said. Y you're kidding. I assume this person is armed and dangerous, replied the coach. Well, myself, I'm only carrying this. The stranger brings out a toy gun that makes a laser-type noise. Gordy and the coach hit the floor. I had the misfortune to sell my old guns, all my real ones. I'm glad that's just a toy gun, Cleo said. I've got too much on my mind to worry about guns. We're not going to argue about who robbed the bank either. It's none of our business. Just let's mind our own business. Gordy, what the hell? I'll buy this man a sandwich. He could use a decent meal. Hang on, said the coach. I'd be pretty pissed off if it was a credit union instead of the bank that got robbed. The stranger looked at the three of them. Thinking back on it now, I heard it was a Washington Mutual Bank. Oh, well, said the coach. They're a bunch of crooks. Do you drink, said the coach. Not my number one choice, said the stranger, but now I, I could use a drink. A drink for the gentleman, said the coach. Come on, Cleo. Hey, what's your name, friend? The stranger replied. Carl. What would you like, Carl? Kahlua, Amaretto, and Bailey's. On the rocks. With a splash of cream. And I want to buy everyone here a drink. I'm not cheap. I'm just sorry there's so few of us, replied the stranger. I am too. It's practically yesterday that this place was busy, day and night. Cleo's has the best food around, and the best drinks, Gordy said. I come in every day for the same reason. I did 25 years ago, to see Cleo. She's known I always loved her. The stranger lowered his head. I wish I could go back in time and see this place, all those years ago. I bet it was the hottest spot in town. Let's have a toast, the coach said. Cleo pours everyone a drink, including herself. Everyone raises their glasses to toast. To Cleo's, the coach said. To another year, replied Gordy. 
if I can make it another year, one more year, that'll give me time to find another place. I'll follow you anywhere, Cleo, the coach said. But could it really be the same, said the stranger? This building has so much history. Gordy looked at all of them. You're right. This building has a soul. The phone rings. The coach moves toward it, but lets it ring a couple of times. Then he finally picks up the receiver and gives a single word greeting. Cleo's the end. This has been a five-minute coffee break mystery. Thanks for joining me. I'm your host and narrator, Onita Harris. Music provided by The Loving Spoonful. The song, Summer in the City. The author of this play, titled The Owners, is longtime successful playwright Leonard Gutesman from Seattle, Washington, who's produced many popular plays at the Theater of Puget Sound and elsewhere. Now get back to work. Your five minutes are up.